0: Hello, hello 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 this is Backwatch, i am john from AdamLift.com, and i am adam biologist on twitter and um People will ask me how we know each other, and I want to answer that question on the record. So, you know, hopefully I don't have to answer it again. When I was a child, it was just me, myself and I, solo ride until I die. But um, once, uh, I was seven years old and my mama told me, go make yourself some friends or, or you'll be lonely. and. A few days later, after school, Adam and I were fighting on the playground, thought he was being a bully, and as I was about to stab him in the chest with a spear, a cilantro-tipped spear, he muttered something about saving uh, Sandy, and it turns out that our moms share the same name, and we instantly bonded over being mama's boys and uh, the rest is history.
1: Did I leave anything out? Uh, it sounds uh, pretty accurate to me. All right. <laughs>
0: so, yeah, um, I have known you for a long time, and it seems like every summer your weekends are booked with weddings.
1: An ungodly amount and, of weddings.
0: Yeah, just – just, and you, <laughs> our podcast stats should be better, uh, given – <laughs> the amount of people you seem to know with all these weddings um, I,
1: I I have a large group of friends a good well, portion you, of them listen to this already but right. not enough
0: I, well you know you can not attend weddings right?
1: I'm in one, maybe two maybe three uh, some of them are, are my girlfriend's friends and they're ones she feels obligated to go to and then I've got the ones I feel so it's a combination of of a few but for the next seven months I have a wedding every week we are every yeah, month.
0: I've, I've reached the the point in my life where I'm good with weddings. You know, I'm I'm okay just declining and sending a William Sonoma gift card or something.
1: Well, these these are people I've known. Some of them since like eighth grade. They're you know they're like kind of lifelong friends. So it's hard to refuse that, and I'd look like mm. a big dick.
0: And some and some of your weekends are family reunions too, right?
1: I don't have one this year. I have my badminton tournament, which is kind of the thing that takes up a good portion of my summer. Like, I'm I'm fascinated
0: by family reunions because it's, it's not something I think Asian people do. Like, a family reunion for Asian people is a wedding or a funeral. But, like, yeah, that makes sense. white or black people, you know, they'll have these elaborate family reunions where they wear the matching t-shirts.
1: We, we, I... We're guilty of that, that years ago. The, Not even.
0: And these shirts always inevitably end up at Goodwill. You just come across like twenty of the twenty of these family reunion shirts.
1: I actually still have one. I have my mom's from our '86 reunion in where it was. Uh, I forget where it was at. I still wear it. It fits me now. That one's so still too small.
0: No family reunion. To you you guys do it. Um, like
1: it's kind of like every five years. Mm. Yeah, it just seems like a lot because we've known each other for so long. There's okay. been many ones in between, but they haven't been like full-on reunions. So that's probably why you think there's more than there is.
0: It just, I don't, it's, fo- it's so foreign to me, family reunions.
1: Maybe, or is it because Asian families are, there's so many and there's always a wedding. So it's just, you just get together often anyway. Or,
0: or maybe it's because my relatives are spread out all over the world.
1: Yeah, that makes but it I, difficult.
0: I don't think that stops like... You know, white or black people from
1: congregating uh, together. Yeah, I get you.
0: So uh, I brought up uh, family reunion shirts, and I was thinking the other day: is there like a Shazam for shirt designs?
1: Kind of like yeah. a reverse image search.
0: I know, like I think Web TV or something. You you would be able to freeze frame a television show, and it would tell you what the character was wearing.
1: But Amazon I, has that right now, too. Like you can pause it and it'll show you who's on screen and a bio and what actors are doing what. But I I'm
0: envisioning something more like Shazam, where you could just like take a photograph of someone on the street. Like I like their their shirt. Where do I buy it? I want one.
1: Like match the pattern or match the graphic. Yeah. yeah. That's actually a pretty clever idea. I of course,
0: the logistics. Right.
1: It's it, it's 100 percent actually doable. Right now, from, you know, Google can recognize your face and group you with. They can make right. automatic, automatically make photo albums with you and certain and people.
0: You figure, like, people who design shirts can submit their designs into the database. Sure, but, to make you it You know, searchable. from my experience, like, fashion people hate when you
1: photograph their designs. They're afraid you're going to steal it. Like couture designs? Like things that are really out there or just anything? Des- no, just, anything.
0: Like, like, patterns, they're protective um,
1: they're the ingredients to their creativity and right and so trying to protect it
0: i'm not sure how how, how well this this app would fly but
1: it's a clever it's a clever yeah, idea actually someone
0: get on it keeping on the fashion lane uh, i was visiting my uh friend in seattle uh she moved there like a, a year ago and she was like oh i i got a pair of crazy socks to fit in and i didn't realize that crazy colorful pattern socks were a thing but um evidently they are <laughs> yeah the
1: the men's ankle is a fashion accessory now has been well for not even couple that
0: years. like i'm talking about like you know socks that are like red with like colored shapes on them sure. or like yeah. wacky socks I, I i see like dudes at the gym They'll be wearing, you know, a T-shirt and, and, and gym shorts, and then they'll have the the kooky the socks on with their basketball shoes.
1: Did you in, I guess it probably would have been in like middle school around the same time period that I was doing this. Did you ever like stack Nike socks? I,
0: I guess like what I've learned is that I'm just a really boring sock guy. <laughs>
1: Because I did that like you would buy a pair of white ones and you buy a pair of black ones and you'd actually wear them both and you'd stack them. But the white ones would be oh. shorter and then you'd have like two Nike logos or two different like kind of patterns that they were like, you know, tall basketball socks or whatever. That was not something you ever saw across paths with. No, that's weird. I, I'm, I'm you- wondering if it was a really niche thing because I don't re- I, I talk to people about it. And nobody ever really remembers it. And I, it was a very big thing. We're here or in school.
0: You brought up the ankle socks. Those are the ones that look like you're not wearing socks, right?
1: Well, yeah. There's like no show, and then like yeah, see, really no show, and like
0: yeah. You know. I I can't wear those socks because I feel like my Achilles is exposed to be sliced, like Pet Cemetery, like <laughs> or from underneath you know, the bed. I, oh, whenever I see those no-show socks, I think of that scene in Kill Bill. Oh, okay. Um,
1: Which I believe is actually referencing the pet cemetery scene okay. I'm talking about yeah
0: and i just feel like i got to wear crew socks that that cover that'll protect you the achilles <laughs> i mean it's maybe it's false protection but i feel more secure it, if, it, if my achilles uh, tendons are are covered
1: i i totally get that it took me a long time to be able to expose my full white leg <laughs> to the world and i used to wear like taller socks and you,
0: did you wear those like really tall soccer ones no Speaking of socks, you know how you have to remove your shoes when passing through airport security? Yes. I always wonder how clean the floor of the security area is because it's like, oh, I, you know, I'm wearing a, a freshly laundered pair of socks and now you're making me remove my shoes and, and get these socks dirty on, you know, God knows what is on the floor.
1: You're, you can't bank on anybody else wearing clean socks. That That whole area. Gotta be right, right,
0: right. And so, I wish there was like a a, a better way to do this. And then you have you have like people, (laughs) white people, uh, wearing you know barefoot and with like sandals on, and they just kick off their sandals and just walk, you know, waltz right through. God knows what's on the floor. You know, it could be AIDS.
1: (laughs) That's where it Uh, lives uh, and thrives on the floor.
0: (laughs) So this is what's going to drive me to apply for like TSA pre where I don't have to take off my shoes.
1: Here's the thing. We shouldn't be fucking taking off our shoes still anyways. This is beyond ridiculous at this point. They can scan the... I mean, what difference is the shoe going through a machine and the shoe going through the machine a different way? Like, we have the technology. It's fucking insane.
0: Let's do some potpourri. Let me uh, open up my notes. Ice cream. So, I am an adventurous eater, and I like to seek out creative... Ice cream flavors, and I was eating this one. Fla- this one flavor, pastrami. It's a mayonnaise ice cream base with caramelized pastrami in it. You know, it tasted like pastrami. But I'm eating it, and I'm thinking to myself, why am I eating this? You know, why don't I just eat pastrami? And similarly, I tried this flavor, fast food, and it's salted vanilla ice cream with French fries inside the ice cream, like really thin French fries. And it's like, it's basically, you know, uh, you dip the French fry in the milkshake. milkshake. yeah. Right. Again, I wonder to myself, why don't I just buy French fries and dip it in a milkshake,
1: right? Yeah, do what it's based on in re- the, the full scope.
0: So, so you just wonder about, what's the point of creative ice cream flavors if they're just going to mimic other foods?
1: It sounds like you prefer something that make sense in an ice cream that isn't no, coming from I, I a real world like, thing. Uh,
0: I just think like this is a defeatist mission, right? Because as much as it as much as it annoys me that most ice cream places just sell like chocolate and strawberry and vanilla. I totally understand why you sell those because. <laughs> No one's gonna want to eat pastrami ice cream when they could just eat a pastrami sandwich.
1: So it had like little pieces of actual pastrami yeah, in it. Yeah,
0: pastrami was inside it. Yeah.
1: That sounds strange. Like, kind of makes me gag a little bit. And it's cold, like, uh, which I, I tried a,
0: a, a, a rye flavored ice cream that tasted like rye bread. But again, why don't I just eat rye bread? Are these
1: just like flavorologists just showing off? Haha, we can make. A sandwich flavored one. This way, like, is it like, bragable?
0: It's 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 simultaneously cool and and stupid, right?
1: <laughs> I I I think defeatist is the way the best way to put it, as you did.
0: Pinball. So, my my ringtone. I just picked one on 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 my iPhone. It's it's a pinball ringtone, which for some reason is also a, the same pinball sound effect that. Uh, sound designers use sometimes in film and television, and so when I hear the pinballs, this pinball sound, uh, when I'm watching something, it's it's like I'm you know one of Pavlov's dogs. I'm conditioned to th- to think my my phone is is ringing, and
1: it's 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 jarring, it's distracting. Is it is it like someone playing pinball, like a ball? ding it around yeah
0: it's like you're playing pins like
1: dur, 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 dur. okay and that's not a very good uh, example of it.
0: why would you use the same why would you use the, the same pinball sound effect that's
1: on phones it's like it's like a wilhelm screen right but yeah 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 why wouldn't they have better options instead of the one that comes yeah. with and and my low. my
0: alarm is like this nuclear <laughs> meltdown sound effect that, that that i picked and i hear that sometimes too when i'm when i'm watching stuff um,
1: do you have michael bay's w- phone like what did you buy what's with- <laughs> no?
0: i'm just using i'm just using like ios's you know i'm just picking from their their list of 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 sounds and they happen apparently to cross sound, over. yeah apparently hollywood just just mines their phones for sound effects <laughs> that that um that alarm once went off i i can't seem to figure it out with my phone how to, um, I wanted to like, when I'm in public and like, I'm on a plane or I'm on a train, I wanted to be able to wake me up without waking others up without making noise. Right. And so I thought I I was on a train from Seattle again Seattle to Portland and it was early in the morning. And I thought I had it set so that it would vibrate and wake me up that way. And instead it, uh, it would vibrate and the sound and I have <laughs> I had the nuclear meltdown set to like the loudest setting, and so
1: it was the opposite effect. What you were looking for, it was the
0: opposite effect. Like we're on the train, and you know the train's going along, and (laughs) you know
1: (laughs) your sound effects need improvement. By the way,
0: (laughs) what what one of these podcasts? I will I will share my my terrible uh, impressions. All right, next Gary Shandling. So. Gary Shanley died and I was thinking about his funeral and let's posit a question. Which celebrity's funeral would you like to crash? Like whose funeral do you think would be the most star studded to your taste? If you were to crash someone's funeral.
1: For the people that I would want to see, I would probably lean towards comedian heavy one, but it's not the best. I I think Gary Shanley's
0: funeral we're recording this before a funeral memorial, but I think it'll be pretty star-studded, right? Y- yes, definitely. I was thinking about like who else would have a, a star-studded fun <laughs> star-studded
1: funeral. Seinfeld probably would. Sein- Spielberg, right? Spielberg, yeah.
0: But I, but I, I think the answer is Lord Michael's. Okay. I think. Th- that I one. think his his funeral will top everyone else's.
1: And that's a little bit more off the wall. Choice, but when you really think about it and break it down, that's probably really like that true.
0: SNL special. Uh, last year was basically a funeral for him, right? He invited all his friends, <laughs> it seemed al- they all showed yeah. up. Jack Nicholson showed up, right?
1: Yeah, that brought out that brought some people out of the woodworks, is what it did.
0: And r- related, I was thinking about Aaliyah dying, and I feel like this generation, millennials, deserve an Aaliyah so. <laughs> Who, whose death would be uh, their Aaliyah?
1: So okay, so you you can't go too big because then it wouldn't be quite the same. It have to be like a rising a rising star situation because you, be you like, couldn't say you couldn't say like Lady Gaga. That wouldn't make any sense. Just like the level is kind I think of
0: big. Adele is too big.
1: Well, Adele's like based on numbers and success, f- far beyond so Aaliyah's point. Someone
0: like Ariana Grande or Demi Lovato. Zayn from One Direction. <laughs> Still,
1: no, I don't think that would hold enough. Coming from a group, no, I think that that doesn't. I think, think so you are
0: underestimating Aaliyah's success. I mean, she she was in films. She, yes, you know, she was Jet Li's lover.
1: Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'm attributing. I mean, it's one of those things that you gotta you you have to expect. Like, what was the limit of her? How how famous she was gonna be? It's a it's an unknown. Because she was still rising, you know, she was right, she right. she had split off for music and done and done films, and so things I, like I, that. you know, I
0: guess the answer is Drake.
1: Drake could be, Drake would be a, a bummer f- yeah. for the kids.
0: Imagine his funeral, huh?
1: He he knows some people.
0: All right, finally, <laughs> have you heard this news about Axl Rose joining ACDC?
1: I have I've heard about it, but I don't know the legitimacy of it. Uh, have you read into it? Do, does it actually sound... Uh, yeah, you have to take anything involving Axel with a spoonful of salt.
0: The thing is, he's going on tour with Guns N' Roses, so I don't know when he joined ACDC. And also, we've touched upon how terrible Axl Rose sounds nowadays.
1: It's a giant downgrade. Can you just not find a guy that just sounds like the guy you need to? There's probably a bunch of old dudes that can mimic.
0: It Didn't, didn't Journey replace yes. the, the, the singer with just like a fan?
1: And it worked out. Yeah, things things were okay.
0: I mean, there are ACDC cover bands. You can just and I
1: guarantee you, some of those guys sound identical, just mimicking that sound.
0: All right, Weezer just released a new album, and I I I didn't know that they had a new album coming out. I thought that song on the radio, "Thank God for Girls," where he sings about buying a cannoli, Mm -hmm. going hiking, and echinacea. The lyrics
1: are terrible. Worse than Pork uh, and Beans? Come on, man.
0: I, I I thought that song was on a previous album. But no, the, like apparently Weezer released an album before this uh-huh. new album <laughs> that didn't blip on anyone's radar, right? Can you, so Weezer's actually released 10 albums since the first album. and
1: At a fairly consistent can, uh, pace, yeah. really.
0: And can you name all 10?
1: Can I name all 10? Absolutely not. I can name the color ones um there was an like a-
0: order yeah you got you got an order like the real world oh so, okay uh, like with the real world seasons i used to be able to name them
1: yeah up until a certain point and then they had two new orleans ones and i'm just totally lost
0: i don't think i can name them at all now so it goes new york, york los angeles san francisco london miami chicago no you know? no i think season six was boston season seven was
1: seattle yeah Chicago. I know season
0: 10 was back to New York, and there's a Chicago somewhere in there.
1: Yep, and then at New Orleans.
0: When was New Orleans? New Orleans
1: was – it's got to be in that later couple. God, so bad. Okay, so
0: the five, Miami, six, Boston, seven, Seattle. I love the Seattle house.
1: Yep, Seattle house was Eight, awesome.
0: Uh, Ho- Hawaii with oh, that's Lucy right. and Tech and Colin and Amaya. Uh, New Orleans was season number nine. 10 is New York. 11 was Chicago. Oh, there 12. we go. So uh, I thought Chicago came earlier, but it didn't.
1: Uh, oh, anyway. So you can't anymore. No, I you can't, can't
0: anymore. Can, can you name all the black characters who have died on The Walking Dead?
1: Uh, No. I, I, I mean, if I really thought about it, maybe.
0: T, T-Bone, right? Yeah. It was a T-Dog.
1: No, it's T-Dog. T-Dog. T-Bone. No, he's and then, um, he's, I mean, he's Busy Bone. No, it's, uh, yeah, it's T-Dog. T-
0: T-Bone Tyrese. D'Angelo barks Bob, right? Was his name? Yeah, Bob. I think that's it, though. But I feel like there are more. Oh, um, the the, the dude who played Chris Rock, uh, Noah.
1: Oh, yep. On Everybody Hates yeah, Chris. Yep.
0: I like how this has just evolved into like a uh, us doing Sporkle quizzes. Oh, but but back to Weezer. So like Weezer, you're thinking Blue Album first one, right? Pink- Pinkerton, Pinkerton, Green, and then Maladroid.
1: Yeah. I, oh yeah. I can get
0: that far, and then it's just like.
1: Well, there, there was a red album at some point, but that's not next.
0: There was the one with Jorge Garcia. That's the Hurley, Hurley yo. And uh, then. I remember there's like one called Ratitude.
1: There is. I mean, there. it's amazing the amount of releases they've had and just how forgettable and garbagey they've like, been. They've
0: become kind of like Eric Roberts <laughs> uh, of late. So, okay, so here we go. Maladroit Make Believe. That's the one with pork and beans on it, I think, uh, in Beverly Hills.
1: And then there was. No. That's Red Album. Red Album's got make-believe in Portland. Yeah, the next
0: one is the Red Album, and then Ratitude Hurley, and then this one that came out in 2014 that no one remembers. Everything will be all right in the end. And the new one is the White Album, and I want to read a bit from the Wikipedia page. The album's first song, California Kids, was chosen from Cuomo's backlog of 250 songs based off the song California by Cuomo's Japanese band, Scott and Rivers. The album's debut single, Thank God for Girls, plays with some gender stereotypes, examining modern online dating experiences with apps like Tinder, as well as God's creation of Adam. Hmm. <laughs> While the second single, Do You Want to Get High?, deals with Cuomo's prescription drug addiction in 2002-01, as well as his girlfriend at the time. This girlfriend also served as the inspiration for the Green Album's closer, "Old oh Girlfriend. So he's revisiting... Old material, yeah. Here we go. LA Girls features references to the Divine Comedy, the 2014 film Whiplash, and the Lewis Carroll poem Jabberwocky.
1: I feel like he's just throwing things at the dartboard, just words uh-huh. and things that he's interested in and just trying to, like, connect the dots.
0: Well, you know, we, we all love that New Jack reference uh, in... Uh, El Scorcho, right?
1: <laughs> those but were better anyway, those were better days. Those were better the white days.
0: album is supposed to be a comeback album. We'll see.
1: From like make believe on, it's all been trained. It's all been a comeback album.
0: Do you uh subscribe to any newsletters? Yeah, a couple. I feel like it's a regressive way to combat the sort of a la of social media sharing. Like instead of people deciding what they want to share with you you subscribe to our newsletter and we'll share all our stuff with you directly It's a yeah so here we share. so here we are in 2016 receiving content via email <laughs> and I got this ringer email uh, and one of the articles is the Watch 1996 music podcast special. I haven't listened to this podcast but I saw the the list Chris and Andy's top five 1996 albums. Chris, uh, Ryan, Afghan number one, Afghan Wigs, Black Love. Number two, Ghostface Killer, Iron Man. Number three, The Spinane Strand. Number four, Nas, it was written. Number five, DJ Shadow, Introducing. And then Andy Greenwald. Number one, Bell and Sebastian, if you're feeling sinister. Number two, Guided by Voices Under the Bushes, Under the Stars. Number three, Various Artists, Heads 2. Number four, Spoon, Telephoto. And number five, Suede, Coming Up. And
1: I call bullshit on these Oh, lists. Absolutely. Like, these, are, these are all no, retcons.
0: No way this is what they were listening to in 1996. Although, I looked it up, and Andy Greenwell is 38, which would put him around freshman or sophomore year in college. Uh, and Chris is the same age as Andy. So it's possible that they were listening to college radio and Afghan wigs and Bell and Sebastian. But I feel like they're approaching these lists with 20 years' distance to the music. Uh, consider the albums that were released in 1996
1: these look cherry-picked is is how i'm gonna put it definitely
0: so i thought we should share our top five albums from 1996 in the year 1996 and then we can reconsider our lists as 30 something
1: we need to frame this how old were you and what what oh, grade wait, so were you 1996, in?
0: 1996. I don't remember how old it was, but I know it was the second half of eighth grade era of college, of, of high school.
1: You were, you were in high school then?
0: I started high school in September of 1996. Okay, so... So, this is four, year, four months.
1: Yeah. Okay, so I was 13 to 14, depending on when when we're at in the year. So, I was in eighth grade. Okay.
0: So, eighth grade for the full year? Yes. Okay. So, I, I'm just like a year older than you. Yes. Okay, so... Remember, this is what we were listening to in 1996. I'll go my number five.
1: And I owned all the records I'm about to say. I, okay, I own we, all,
0: we all own these uh, compact discs. Sure. Okay, number five, uh, The Bloodhound Gang, oh. One Fierce uh, Beer Coaster. Is, is it The Bloodhound Gang or Bloodhound Gang? I've seen it. It's like the Arcade Fire or Arcade Fire.
1: The Beastie Boys. Beastie, beastie Boys. boys. I, I think it's it's flexible. I always say I always say the I always say the Bloodhound Gang.
0: Yeah, I use the Saturday Night Live intro test. You know, is the host going to say, "Ladies and gentlemen, blank"? Right. Oh sure. It, Ladies and gentlemen, Bloodhound Gang or the blood? Anyway, so one fierce beer coaster. I used to wake up in the morning to the radio, and one Saturday morning, my alarm went off, and I heard the song. It was Firewater Burn. And I was immediately smitten by its catchiness, juvenile pop culture references. And I remember getting this at, we drove up to the Virgin Mega Store in San Francisco, and I got this CD along with Razor Blade Blade Suitcase by Bush. Bush. But um, yeah, One Fierce Beer Coaster, Vanilla Ice is on it. They cover our own (laughs) DMC. Those were more fun times back
1: then. It brings and back, you, it brings you have back songs
0: like "I I wish I was queer so I could get chicks," <laughs> and "Lift your head up high and blow and your, your brains, brains.
1: out." There, you know, Bloodhound Gang. Maybe, maybe not the best, but things get stuck in your head <laughs> lyrically, especially. They always get they always ring around in my head. All right, my number five is is Weird Al Bad Hair Day. So another, uh, we kind of start off with jokey jokey comedy here. It just,
0: it's funny you should mention that because that's my number 3 album.
1: Oh, great. Well, yeah, that's good. We've got some crossover here. Weird Al has always appealed to my comic sensibilities and making up song lyrics to songs has always been something I've done. So Weird Al, Bad Hair Day.
0: The the, the thing about Weird Al is I was uh into Weird Al, or, you know, I was introduced to Weird Al via Off the Deep End, the the Nirvana album. But Bad Hair David was his first album that um I think really spoke to me because I was intimately familiar with all all the songs he was parodying. Mm-hmm. Um that one had what? Yeah, the the U2 song for Batman Forever and yep. Waterfalls and Of course Gangsta's Paradise. And also I think the last song on that album,
1: uh Is it the Polka one? No, uh let me pull it up. Memory is foggy on specifics. Yeah. Oh
0: the, the night Santa went crazy. I think that's a really good pop song. Um it could be like a Fountains of Wayne song. So uh, Better It Is Your Number Five is nine number three. So let me go to my number four. It's uh Fashion Nugget by Cake. I don't remember how I got turned on to this album. I remember like The Distance was a buzzbin song on MTV. But I think uh the cover of I Will Survive sealed the deal for me, even though, like, I think there are much better songs on it. Fashion Nugget. Uh, the best song, of course, is Nugget when he just sings about shutting the fuck up, which I <laughs> I really love performing at karaoke. And uh, someone once told me that I sound like John McCree of Kate when I sing, and I didn't know how to take it, you know. I think that's probably
1: complimentary. Yeah. It's unique-ish.
0: And that, and, and and kick is, kick is weird because it's so hard to describe the sound of this album. I wouldn't necessarily say it's rock and roll.
1: I, do, I don't know where you would place that either, Yeah, specifically. It's an oddity. All right. My number four is Stone Temple Pilots' Tiny Music Songs from the Vatican Gift Shop.
0: Uh, okay.
1: And that is where Stone Temple Pilots cease to further... Integrate themselves into well, my. Did they music make Did they make catalog. another album after that? Oh yeah, they certainly did. Definitely. Oh,
0: the one, the one with Sour Girl. Okay.
1: Yeah, there was there was more after that. I was done with them. Oh, after this is the Tiny. one with
0: Lady Picture Show.
1: Yep. So there were there were some things on there that I, I really liked, and here's why I have this and I had this and and no other Stone Temple Pilots album. I think I saw STP like do Vaseline on Letterman or something in like '94, and I just you know I thought that was pretty cool. So I think that's kind of where that came from. Not great. There's
0: not a not a great cover either. <laughs>
1: uh, it sticks with you. I never forget that one. That's my number four.
0: All right, my number three, of course, uh, Bad Hair Day, Weird Al Yankovic.
1: Yes. All right, and my number three is uh, Nirvana from the muddy banks of Wishka. and which I'm not even entirely sure that's actually how you pronounce it, but it's not an obviously a full like it's not a studio album. It's I mean, it's a mixture. It's not even of a, a real of album. No, it's, it's just a just compilation set. of stuff. It's live, and then it's got just a bunch of random shit I've just recorded all over the place. So it's one yeah, I owned. You, you
0: were a real uh, grunge kid,
1: huh? It would seem like that with STP. And here's the thing. I'm still figuring out. When I was looking at this stuff, I was really just figuring out what I was into. You're in eighth grade. You're impressionable. I tried to. I didn't get this stuff from other people for the most part. These are things I was finding organically the only ways you really could, which was go and browse CDs. So that's how I got there.
0: All right, my number two, (laughs) Real Big Fish, Turn the Radio Off. This is one of the few albums I can listen front to back without skipping a track. Still? Uh, Yes. I listened to this album so many times. I don't know. I I just really dug it, and I
1: remember... You love second and third wave ska? I didn't know that about you.
0: I remember being so titillated that, oh, they have a song about, you know, she has a girlfriend now. Oh, they're singing about lesbian you know this is awesome
1: do you are you still a real big fish fan or is that just kind of where it ends
0: oh um, it's fell off but i still lo- i still love this album like i can i can i could sing this entire album
1: all right my number two uh rage against the machine evil empire you know i had to be angry and it said fuck a lot so that was cool My yeah,
0: r- this is this album it was it, recommended to me freshman year of high school like, you should be listening to rage against the machine
1: sure <laughs> And I don't know. I don't know where this one came. I, again, I think the cover sold me on this one because it's not obviously there wasn't a lot of radio play for this then. Not I think here. There was a lot of radio. Not play. here. Oh, okay. Remember where I'm at?
0: It's like all three singles, right? Let me pull up Evil Empire here.
1: Yeah, we didn't have stations that played this stuff then. People of the Sun, Bulls on Parade. I mean, yeah, you go two years out from this and you'd hear stuff yeah. from Evil Empire, but not not during not in '96. I was entrenched in 120 minutes and okay. videos then. So this is this is also probably that's probably where I found rage from.
0: This is pre Michael Moore videos. Yes. All right, my number one, so <laughs> Bloodhound Gang cake, Weird Al, Real Big Fish, and my number one is The Score, Hans Zimmer score to Michael Bay's The Rock. Wow. I remember I saw The Rock in theaters and then I went to Taiwan where I saw The Rock again. With my cousin, and the second screening sold me. <laughs> I I convinced him to go to a Tower Records and buy the musical score to The Rock for me, and that's what I own to this day. This Asian version of The Rock score. It's about an hour long. I I you know I joke about being doing it as a one-man performing it as a one-man show, just humming the entire. Score, hour-long score to The Rock, every musical part. I haven't memorized in my head. I think it's one of the, the best scores of my lifetime. That score uh, does
1: not stand out in my head at all.
0: It's used in trailers. I, I, just, I love the entire score. And Zimmer tried to rip himself off. He tried to rip off The Rock score a few years later for the Gladiator score to moderate effect.
1: All right. So Weird Al, Stone Temple Pilots, Nirvana, Raging Against the Machine, and little Jam. Weezer Pinkerton. Oh, Weezer Pinkerton. Yeah. Their so, arguably best album, and from there... This out, is what you're
0: listening to as a 13-year-old. Yes,
1: because I did uh, like the Blue eye. O-
0: Rivers Longing for Asian Women.
1: Yes. I'm, it, it was obviously all downhill from here, which we just happened to conveniently discuss previously, but Weezer Pinkerton.
0: All right, so now let's reconsider our list. Is there anything that you would remove and replace?
1: I would remove and replace every single one of them.
0: (laughs) Okay, okay, let's go through uh, your 20 years removed list.
1: All right.
0: Adam's now top albums of 1996.
1: Yes. I would go with uh, number one because I still actually currently listen to this album in regular rotation, at least to some degree uh, neurosis through silver and blood. Okay. So that would be my number one. Definitely not something I would have found when I was 13 years old. My, I don't think I would have been able to wrap my head around that one. So I'm going to have to go with, uh, ween 12 golden country greats because I still, I still spin that from time to time as a B side to that, which isn't something I listen to very often, but is just absolutely fucking ridiculous is Z rock Hawaii which is Gene and Dean Wien's, uh, band with, uh, like, Yakamata I from The Boredoms, and the other guys from The Boredoms. It's fucking ridiculous. There's a bunch of screaming and, like, Hawaii surf rock and just weird shit. It's amazing. Propaganda, less talk, more rock.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: DJ Shadow introducing, I would throw in there because it still actually holds up. And then I would say my number five would be uh, June of 44, Tropics and Meridians because that still holds up as well. And these we're, are think-
0: We're a long ways from uh very, tiny music.
1: Very long way. And there's Atticu- there's still more on this list. I once I was digging, there's there's some good there's some really strong stuff in ninety six that holds up or is very important. So throw out some honorable mentions. Uh well Texas is of the reasons only full length album came out then. You have Butthole Surfers, Electric Larry Lands.
0: That was nineteen ninety six. That
1: was ninety six, yeah. That was earlier. No. And then uh, like Trans Am's debut album came out in 96. And then, since I have have, like zero hip-hop or anything, apparently, it's just not really my... my (laughs) It's not
0: affirmative action. You don't need to...
1: No, I know. But Dr. Octagon, there's some good stuff that still holds up.
0: I would uh, reduce my list a little more conservatively. (laughs) I'll throw off the Bloodhound gang, and I'll throw off Weird Al. So I would replace number five... Soul Coughing, Irresistible Bliss. I didn't get into Soul Coughing until 99, to, until like junior, senior year of high school. But uh, they are my favorite band of all time. I got
1: to put them on the list. And, uh, and you truly do enjoy that album.
0: I do enjoy that album. It's it's an odd one, but I think it bridges their first and third albums. So that's number five. Number four, I'd keep Cake On. Number three, I'd keep Real Big Fish. Oh, yeah. Number three, I'd keep Real Big Fish. Number two, I'd throw on uh, Pinkerton yeah oh, okay. uh, i I didn't again, I didn't start listening to Weezer until f- freshman year of college. they were just not on my radar huh, uh, really as a teenager yeah but then like I think freshman year of college they were gearing up for the korean album and and my friends were like, oh weezer weezer so okay i gotta I gotta listen to this and I'd keep the 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 score to the rock as number one i I think that's uh immaculate it's untouchable
1: you re, um, you very you feel very strongly about the sa- rock yes, soundtrack yes. i was and, oh sorry no you go first because I'm, i've still got one thing that i'm holding off until you finish your list
0: yeah i'm just gonna throw out some honorable mentions i guess uh, yeah
1: hopefully you mention the one i've got
0: the one you've got is probably not uh teriyaki moto by gutter mouth uh,
1: uh, no but uh, again there was a lot of uh punkish releases no effects <clears throat> heavy petting zoo yeah. Um, face-to-face out like i don't know if their first or second album came out 96
0: and i was listening to odelay by beck and the sublime self-titled i just don't know that i would put them on the list yeah i I thought odelay might
1: make your list but
0: the the sublime album i i dug it at the time but i can't stand it anymore because it's still played on the radio in heavy rotation and uh title by fiona apple
1: oh yeah I was thinking you might go deep with the Beastie Boys in "Sound from the Way Out."
0: That that album's not no.
1: No, some chill jams, man. If we
0: were to rank Beastie Boys albums, that'd be like the bottom.
1: Yeah, but it's just one that just gets brushed aside, and I think sometimes could could you know get pulled out from the bin from on occasion.
0: Perhaps. Yep. That's it for this episode. You can find me elsewhere on AdamRiff.com and on
1: Twitter at AdamRiffs with an S at the end. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at zombieologist and we'll see you in the next (laughs) one.